And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I want to thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You know, I find this interesting. Uh, first of all, the fact checkers always get everything wrong nowadays. But um, the Washington Post fact checkers have had a particularly rough past seven days. And they had fact checked, air quote, fact checked Governor DeSantis on the parents being domestic terrorist thing. And they they reached out to uh, Ms. Peshaw, who's his communications director. She's amazing, by the way. And uh, they were they were trying to get like a quote, you know, about how he was lying about the Department of Justice calling these parents domestic terrorists and and that sort of thing. And she just nailed him to the wall with all of the, the data on this. Now, for those of you who know what we're talking about, obviously that's already funny. But for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, the National School Board Association, which is I, you know, the association that represents school boards all across the country, they're the ones that did a big old media blitz about parents who are concerned with their kids being shown pornography in school, uh, being taught critical race theory and a bunch of other stuff. They were concerned about that, and they've been very active at these school board meetings as a result. In some communities where the school board continues to ignore the parents or has been confrontational at the school board meeting, some of those parents have decided to camp out outside of their home, which they're allowed to do, and protest. Okay, uh, Is it annoying? Sure it is, but you're allowed to do it. And liberals have been doing that to Republican lawmakers in Congress for several months now, and nobody has said a thing. And suddenly the news media is like, well, parents can't do this to school board members. Why can they do it to, you know, um, Republican members of Congress? Why can they why can they throw things at their house and, and bang on their windows and stuff like that? But parents can't do that for their school board presidents in their communities. And of course, the answer is they can. Um, and yeah, I get it. It's uncomfortable. You know, like people protesting outside of your house. As long as they're not on your property and they're not breaking any laws, they're allowed to do it. So <clears throat> there was a story that came out. You know, the National School Board Association, basically they go under the news. They they tell everybody, these parents are, are threatening us. They're domestic terrorists. We want to treat it like domestic terrorism. They wrote a letter to the Department of Justice to treat this as if it were domestic terrorists. That was actually in the letter. And the Department of Justice said that they were basically going to mobilize against it, right? The Department of Justice, however, left domestic terrorists out of it. And so what has happened is you've got the the National School Board Association saying that parents are domestic terrorists and we want the Department of Justice to do something about it. The Department of Justice says they're going to do something about it, but the Department of Justice themselves don't use the term domestic terrorists. And so now all the fact checkers are running around and going, nobody has called them domestic terrorists, except for the president of the National School Board Association on the news and in the letter. That started all of this, but I digress. So what's interesting about this is that last week there was a development in this story from the Washington Free Beacon. The NSBA president and its CEO consulted with the White House on the letter before they released the letter to the public. Now, this is the letter that was sent to the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, asking him to treat these parents as if they were domestic terrorists. The emails obtained by Parents Defending Education through public records requests reviewed by the Washington Free Beacon reveal that the National School Board Association's president and CEO sent the letter to Biden on September 29th without approval from the organization's board. 
The letter said that the acts of some parents at school board meetings across the country could be considered a form of domestic terrorism and hate crimes. Which, of course, is absurd. The emails also show that the White House asked the association for examples of threats against school board members days before the Attorney General Merrick Garland created a task force, because the government loves that word, task force, of officials from the FBI and the Justice Department to determine how to prosecute alleged crimes at school board meetings. This isn't difficult. If you commit a crime at a school board meeting, your local law enforcement will charge you with the crime. But now you've got to make crimes up. You've got to apply laws that don't apply to concerned parents at school board meetings, like domestic terrorism and Patriot Act stuff, and that's what they wanted. That was what the letter said. Apply the Patriot Act to these parents who show up at these school board meetings and charge them and treat them as domestic terrorists. So they want new laws that were never applied to parents to be applied to parents so they can be charged as if they were domestic terrorists so parents stop showing up at school board meetings because, again, school boards are made up of the lowest common denominator in your community, usually alcoholic, uh, alcoholic socialites who don't know what they're talking about. And then... They're not used to people being angry at them. They're used to everybody wanting to be in their presence and buy them wines and read their books and that sort of stuff. The emails also show that the White House asked the association for examples of those threats. The letter made clear that the White House was aware of the letter before it was released while raising questions about whether the White House colluded with the association on the letter to prompt federal action. This is a problem. So the National School Board Association sent the letter accusing parents of being domestic terrorists and asking for the Department of Justice to get involved to Joe Biden, to the White House. It was reviewed by the White House, who seemed to acknowledge all of this. It was reviewed by the White House. And then, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Attorney General is involved in mobilizing a task force, which includes the FBI, to go after concerned parents. But again, it's a conspiracy theory that they want to control your children's minds. Total, total conspiracy. Not real at all. It's just pure coincidence. So anyway, Red State writes, so basically the Biden administration is using this letter for justification of an investigation while having themselves been involved in the letter. Hey, where does that sound familiar? So the Biden administration is using the letter to justify mobilizing the FBI and the Department of Justice against domestic terrorist parents while ignoring BLM and Antifa violence, which included attacks on federal buildings with people inside, by the way, ignoring all of that, pretending that doesn't exist. But the White House is saying the letter is the reason that we're doing this, but the White House was involved with the letter. It sure smells like the dossier, doesn't it? That's exactly what the FBI did. The FBI was involved in the dossier and the FBI sent the dossier to the media in order to use the media reports of the dossier as justification to get FISA warrants, which the media said didn't exist. You, you get in the pattern now? This is what they do. Now, here's where things get interesting. That story comes out last week in the Washington Free Beacon. And this weekend... <laughs> the National School Board Association apologizes for the letter calling parents terrorists. Isn't that interesting? On Friday, the National School Board Association disavowed and apologized for a letter that called concerned parents domestic terrorists. 
In a message to NSBA members, the organization said that they regret and apologize for the letter. The letter ultimately led to an FBI crackdown from the Biden regime. To be clear, the safety of school board members, other public officials, and educators, and students is our top priority, and there remains important work to be done on this issue. That's the NSBA Board of Directors on Friday. However, there was no justification for some of the language used in the letter they continued. The NSBA board went on to further apologize for strain and stress caused by the situation. Now, keep in mind, the NSBA president went on the news and called them domestic terrorists. So we get a report last week that the White House colluded with the National School Board Association on this letter calling parents domestic terrorists. So just so you're crystal clear, basically the Biden administration called you terrorists for being angry about what your kids are being taught in school and showing up and getting involved in the political process, as is your constitutional right to do. Just so we are crystal clear on this, the Biden administration called you terrorists. And now that that story comes out, that the White House was involved in all of this from the very beginning before they mobilized the FBI and the Department of Justice against normal parents, now the NSBA is apologizing to everybody and saying that they used words that were not justifiable in any way in that letter. You know what's missing, though, in this this letter? An apology to the parents. So they issued a statement apologizing to NSBA members, but they never apologized to the parents that they accused wrongfully of being domestic terrorists. They never apologized to the parents that not only that they called domestic terrorists on national television and in this letter, but that they colluded with the White House to mobilize the Department of Justice and the FBI against. They never apologized to those parents. And the fact that they say there was no justification for using those terms in that letter says that there was no justification to mobilize the Department of Justice or the FBI against those parents since there was no justification for calling them domestic terrorists or accusing them of hate crimes. So why did the Biden administration, who colluded with the NSBA on this, mobilize the Department of Justice and the FBI against said parents when even the NSBA says there was no justification for using that type of language? Remember what Orwell said in his final interview? To imagine the future, imagine a boot perpetually on the face of humankind. And more coming up, 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right, what do we got here? Uh, We'll see, it's... Is it almost 4.30? We're trucking along, man. Guess that means I got to talk about fake meat. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Make sure you go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. Hit that subscribe button too, please. Uh, as YouTube has continued to censor more and more people. Uh, of course, uh, Crowder got hit with another suspension on YouTube. And his he's not coming back to YouTube for, I think, another month. He did do like a little video on YouTube today, but he's still streaming on Rumble as well. Um, because 
the strike is still there. If you get another strike within that that month period where you have that strike, like they can take your whole channel down. So uh, he's going to play it safe. So just go to Rumble. So you don't have to worry about that stuff on YouTube. All right. Uh, Beyond Meat has imploded as consumers lose interest even amid supply chain hurdles for real meat. I saw these commercials, too, showing up. And they were basically saying that, you know, it won't be a big deal because if you can't get real meat, you can just get, you know, the Beyond Meat, the fake meat, the imitation meat. And I have not had this. I, I looked into doing a taste test on this. And the reason that I didn't, uh, one of them, I, I don't remember if it was impossible or beyond, one of them had so much soy in it that it was pure poison and I wasn't going to do it. Uh, the other one did not have a ton of soy in it that you couldn't get at the time. And everybody that I know who has tried one of these meat alternatives has said that they, they taste gr- gross. I've had nobody come to me and say that they taste like meat. I've had nobody come to me and say that they taste good. Nobody. Uh, so I... At that point, I just wasn't motivated to do it anymore. So, um, but one of them, we were going to do it when they first came out. Uh, it might it might have been the impossible, but it had so much soy in it. And for a long time, I was alone in the wilderness telling people how bad soy was for you. And then eventually everybody understood that soy was bad for you in large quantities. Uh, it could be beneficial for women. Very, very bad for kids and men. Um, and, you know, I... For a long time, I was talking about this, and there was the only people who agreed with me were nutritionists. They were the only ones who understood, and everybody else was like, no, 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 soy's good for you, and then eventually, everybody realized, oh, soy's really bad, and for several years there, it was, Casey was right all along about soy, and now they're going back to soy being good for you again, because they're just, this is what they do, they just cycle through stuff, you know, couple of years, eggs are bad for you, then eggs are good for you, then eggs are bad for you, then they're good for you again. They'll do it with coffee. They do it with uh, carbohydrates and everything else. So right now they're they're back into the soy is good for you sort of scenario. It's not. Soy is extremely bad for you. Uh, if you are a woman, uh, small amounts of soy can be very beneficial. But if you're a guy, avoid soy like the plague. I am convinced the reason that the world is having a reproductive crisis, if you will, uh, particularly in the West where fertility rates are going down, it is because they have snuck soy in everything. I used to tell people, like, it doesn't matter what you get from the store, look on the back, there will be soy in it. Guarantee you. And people didn't believe me until they started actually looking at it. And I would bring up all the research on lecithin being one of the worst, most toxic poisons that are available, you know, all of that stuff. But I was the conspiracy theorist until everybody agreed with me. And then, I don't know, seven years or so, Everybody's like, yeah, soy's not very good. Small quantities for women is great, especially if they're approaching menopause. Uh, but as far as everybody else consuming soy, soy is no bueno. And now they're back to, oh, soy is great and meat is bad. Meat is not bad. Meat is good. Um, so this Beyond Meat thing, their stocks are are down. Uh, even today, even today they went down another uh, point, uh, point, 0.12. But... I saw these commercials start to show up where people are like, yeah, they'll just get this stuff and it won't be a big deal. You know, people will still be able to enjoy meat. It just won't be real meat, but at least they'll have the flavor palette of it. Um, and again, most of the people that I know that have discussed this, I should say all people that I know that have had this stuff says it doesn't taste like meat at all. Uh, have you had any of this, Josh? You, you consumed any of the, the fake meat stuff? Yeah. Um, I Look, I am far more likely to take the lab-grown meat than this stuff. Far more likely. 
And I, I'll do the one that doesn't have a, a crap ton of soy in it. I'll do that one as a taste test. If you really want me to, I'm happy to if I get my hands on it. Um, but their stocks were down a lot. Like, they went down like 45% over, over last year, 14% for the day. This was on Thursday, I think it was. Uh, the company's preliminary net revenue estimate for the third quarter missed the company's previous plan number by around $30 million. Um, when you miss your estimates by $30 million, that's not a good sign. Early in the company's history, the fake meat supplier boasted enormous success was aided by media figures promoting its industry and class of products and meat-like products that do not come from animals. Now, and here's the thing. They, they had this massive advertising campaign, right? And then they had like, the Beyond Burger at Burger King. I think they're the first place to really do this on a massive scale. And what did they find out? This is the thing. I've told you this before, and I know that this is common sense, and anybody with any kind of a business mind can tell you this, but you could promote something to the hilt. At the end of the day, if people don't like it, they won't keep buying it. It's important that you have those repeat customers. And if people are not willing to come back and be repeat customers, your product is trash. People will try new stuff. And so you had these, these big advertising pushes and celebrities. There was like, it tastes like real meat. This is amazing. They got all these, these fake man on the street things going, wow, that tastes like a real hamburger. And then here's the problem with that is people actually go buy it and it doesn't. And then they don't ever buy it again. <laughs> and so, so you'll have these, these initial bits of success there because people want to try something new. I'm like, all right, well, let's check this out. But uh, at the end of the day, if people don't want to come back and, and buy it again, Morningstar Farms has been around forever. Morningstar Farms have been making those uh, bean patties in the frozen food section for years. People keep buying that. So there's something with them. I don't like them all that much. I bought them by accident one time. I wasn't a big fan. Um, but right now, Beyond Meat, in big trouble. Big trouble as a company. I don't know about Impossible. I don't know if they're publicly traded. I'm too lazy to look it up, to be honest with you. But it is, uh, is interesting. People want their real meat. Even in the midst of a supply crunch and rising meat prices, people still won't buy the fake stuff. Which tells you probably doesn't taste so good. All right. It is 4.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations. Get Impress Jewelry Creations making the uh, making creating the meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. I almost got it memorized, man. So close. More coming up. Oh, look, Fox News is covering that massive migrant caravan I've been telling you about for the past couple of weeks. Did you see over the weekend that they broke through the police barricade? They're saying that this is the biggest migrant caravan they've ever seen. And for those of you who remember the, the train cars full of people who made their way previously, that could tell you something. I don't know if it is actually the biggest one that we've ever seen. But, yeah, it's it is no bueno. Ladies and gentlemen, tis no bueno. I could say that when I'm talking about illegal immigrants, right, Josh? No bueno. Of course I can. I'm from the Southwest. Deal with it. All right. Do want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. What is this, 430 now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to talk about the uh, the bullying thing. So, remember the uh, the school shooter in Texas? Remember that that guy? He was being bullied, right, Josh? You see the update on this? Not bullied. The police chief has made it crystal clear 
bullying is not a factor. You know what ended up happening? They're not going into specifics about this. This kid's a drug dealer. This kid was dealing dope. He was ripping people off. One of his customers got angry about it. Fisticuffs happened. He pulls out a gun and he shoots him. And it appears that the only reason that he had that gun was he knew he was ripping people off as a a drug dealer. Now his family came out. His family was like, here's the thing. I Okay, people are attacking the family today. I'm going to give you some some perspective. I think that the family could be innocent here, okay? So the family comes out, and the family goes, he's he's out there being bullied, and they're stealing his lunch money and all of this other stuff. And obviously, that's not what's been happening at school. However, I will say this. Do yourself a favor. Don't attack the family here. I know that that's the knee-jerk reaction in a, a conservative talk radio audience is attack the parents. You know, the family had that press conference, and they they thought the video was of their kid getting assaulted at school. That video is apparently not related to this thing. And they, okay, they probably were told by their kid that he's been getting bullied and his lunch money and stuff like that is being stolen. And maybe that's because he keeps asking for more money from them. And maybe he's taking the extra money from his parents and he's buying dope to resell or or whatever it is he's trying to sell that isn't dope, that is making everybody upset. And so the parents are like, why do you need more money? We gave you money at the beginning of the week. Well, I got robbed. Now, again, I just, from a parent's perspective, is it possible that they could believe that? Now, maybe, maybe they're just liars. I don't know. Okay? There's some indication that there's some evidence of this kid's behavior on social media and stuff like that. But I'm just saying, from a parent's perspective, your kid says, you know, hey, my money's gone. I've been bullied at school, that sort of thing. Maybe they believed him. And maybe they didn't do their due diligence and follow up on it. Maybe they believed him. I I don't know. But what we do know is that um, he did. And by the way, I've got to give credit to the Arlington police chief. This guy is great. Um, It's not relevant, but he happens to be a black man. And the only reason that it would be relevant is inevitably there's going to be some white liberal out there who doesn't know what this man looks like who's going to say, it's only because the kid is black. That's why you're saying he's, he's not being bullied. Okay. Let's back up for a second. You being bullied doesn't mean you get to pull out a gun and shoot somebody. Last I checked, I was still wrong. Right, Josh? Still wrong? Yep, still wrong. You can defend yourself, but when somebody hits you, you don't pull out the gun and shoot them and then shoot several other people that had nothing to do with it. <clears throat> Always have to throw that part out there, just in case you forgot. Um, but this police chief, man, I like the way that he's handling this. Uh, Arlington Police Chief says that he does not believe bullying played any role in this month's school shooting at Mansfield ISD's Timberview High School shortly after the shooting, which injured two students and a teacher. Uh, Timothy Simpkins' family said that he'd been the target of bullying. Oh, by the way, the kid he shot has been released from the hospital. He's recovering. They said that's what led to a classroom fight and ended in the shooting. And the parents did say, we're not justifying him bringing a gun to school, but he was defending himself. Sounds like you're justifying him bringing a gun to school, but I digress. Uh, The family of the injured student involved in the fight denied that the boy had bullied Simpkins. Uh, The police chief said Simpkins participated in high-risk activity. 
leading up to the fight. That announcement is made the the town hall meeting held by was made at a town hall meeting held by the Mansfield ISD. Arlington Police Chief Al Jones said that the only evidence of bullying he's seen so far is a statement from Simpkins's family. He believes the shooting stemmed from some sort of disagreement between the suspect and the victim. Now, read between the lines here. High-risk activity, disagreement between the suspect and the victim. Read between the lines. Uh, So anyway, he shot a 15-year-old. A teacher also got grazed. And then there was a teenage girl that got injured. I don't think that she was shot. I think she got like was running and got knocked over or something like that. Um, so anyway, the chief says this was not a bullying incident. I just want to take that narrative out of the equation. Mr. Simpkins is involved in is involved in high risk activity, and that high risk activity led to the disagreement within the community. Friendly reminder: this kid turns himself in, posts seventy five thousand dollar bond, gets out. Kyle Rittenhouse still in prison. Well, okay. Actually, no, he's not. He did get out. His hearing is uh, is today, though. In fact, it's ongoing right now. We'll have an update for you a little bit later. But but look how long it took Kyle to get out. Look at everybody in January 6th still in jail. Now, the chief didn't go into any further, any further iterations of what that disagreement was. But again, read between the lines. Engaged in risky behavior disagreement he had a gun in his bag no bullying so just read between the lines maybe i'm wrong if i am i will admit it but it sure sounds like he's dealing to other students in school that's what it sounds like to me i'm not alone in that assertion either Um, now the reason that i also wanted to address this is the police chief to his credit, said this is not a school shooting. I I like this dude. I like this guy. This is not a school shooting. He had no intention of shooting multiple students. (laughs) This guy, this black police chief, is just ruining all of the narratives that everybody has about this. And he's doing a he's doing a great job. I think the way that he phrased, if you listen to the the video on all of this, I'm not going to play it on the show, but. If you listen to the video on all of this, um, he's just he's being he's handling this in an extremely positive way. I think a lot more police chiefs and and even sheriffs around the country could probably learn a thing or two about the way that um, the way that the police chief is handling this. He's just doing a great job. But uh, but he did say he's like this is not a school shooting because <laughs> he knows the definition of a school shooting. Just because a shooting happens at a school doesn't mean it is a school shooting. Remember they changed that definition from. Uh, from a you know public shooting, from mass public shooting, just anything that happens in public, and that's not the way it's supposed to be categorized. So I I appreciate the way that this is being handled, but again, more fake news. But I'm I'm just willing to say that it may not be the family's fault that they said that he was being bullied. They could believe a lie that he was telling them. It's entirely possible. I don't know yet, but it sure looks. Sure looks uh, like this is this is bad. So anyway, the police chief said that this is. This is not a school shooting. I don't think this incident was an actual school shooting or active shooter. He said that aggravated assault charges against Simpkins are appropriate. We wanted to charge him with the most severe charge we could. And obviously charging him with a school shooting would not be appropriate because that's not what happened. So it is is very, very interesting uh, to see this play out. But once again, uh, the the media narrative falls apart 
because they didn't wait long enough to figure out what in the world was going on. You know, there's always this rush to get the information out by the family so they can, you know, steer the narrative and that sort of thing, but it almost inevitably is going to get spun the other way. And the media is always ready to oblige. So kudos on Fox 4 for even covering this story the way that it's supposed to be covered. They deserve some credit there. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Everybody, Casey Hendrickson here. The final game of week seven is tonight. Right, today's Monday, right? Jeez, uh, this cold's got me messed up. But do apologize. FanDuel Sportsbook, though, wants to get the most, wants you to get the most out of every play. And that's why they are giving everybody a $10 risk-free bet every single week. You want to use that tonight? Perfect time for you to give that a go. All you have to do is bet a same-game parlay bet with three legs or more. If your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back up to $10. So let's take a look at the Saints and the Seahawks. Seahawks got a lot of injuries, right, Josh? (sighs) Injury bug, right? So I'm expecting the Saints offense to have a field day. So I'm going to take my same-game parlay. I'm going to build it around that. I'm going to build it around the Saints' money line, Jameis Winston over passing yards, and over total points. That's what I'm going to do. I think the Saints are going to have a field day. If you disagree with me, you can build your same game parlay any way that you want. And it doesn't have to just be three legs. It can be more. It's entirely up to you. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, you can sign up with my promo code Casey to also receive a risk-free bet up to $1,000. And again, that is promo code Casey, so they know I sent you. You must be 21 and over and present in Indiana. Refund issued is normal drawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund $10 restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay is available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. And if you have a gambling problem, please get help. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. I'm not going to lie. The disclaimer took the wind out of me. I forgot I got a cold. Uh, by the way, make sure you write a physical letter to Josh. thanking him for giving me a cold. Just uh, just make it out to Josh. Wuhan Josh. Everybody will know who it is. All right. Uh, what else do we have here towards the end of this? Oh, oh, the Washington Post. My gosh, I forgot all about this. I'm so glad I wrote this down on my sheet. The Washington Post had probably the funniest correction ever in the history of corrections. So true story, okay? The Washington Post fact checkers tried, they tried to gaslight the uh, let's go Brandon chat, okay? The real one and the one that actually says Brandon, all right? They tried to gaslight that, and they tried to say that this originated from Donald Trump Jr. The the Brandon one, not, not the Joe Biden one, the Brandon one. They're trying to say that this happened spontaneously at a a Donald Trump Jr. rally. I <laughs> I, I um it's it's the most bizarre and bonkers fact check I think that I have ever seen in my entire life. And there have been some doozies. So you've got the FJB chant that starts everywhere, right? It starts organically, college football games, it starts spreading everywhere else. Uh, during one of the, the NASCAR races, NBC News says they're not chanting FJB, even though you can clearly hear them chanting FJB, but they're actually chanting, let's go Brandon. NBC's what created this. So people ran with the whole let's go Brandon thing. 
You've got this uh, this this hit song, uh, which we've been playing on the live stream now for over two weeks. It was just taken down off of YouTube, by the way, because it violated medical misinformation. <laughs> so they took the Let's Go Brandon song off of YouTube because of that. Uh, absolutely bonkers stuff. But but again, um, the, the Washington Post has now had to issue a correction that, in fact, it wasn't Donald Trump Jr. who started the Let's Go Brandon thing. <laughs> I don't even know where this happens. I don't know how that could happen. Everybody knows where it started. It started NBC News. Imagine being in the news media as a fact checker and, again, not knowing that this started with the NBC NASCAR interview. Um, But they did correct it. They said a previous version of this article incorrectly said that a crowd broke out in a Let's Go Brandon chant during Donald Trump Jr. speech in Georgia. Holy smoke. One of the most embarrassing corrections on a fact check ever. We got more coming up. 95.3 MNC.